everyone, and welcome along to your Wednesday live edition of the TII podcast. My name is Craig Dennett, and I'm back in the host chair this evening as we talk about all things Rangers. And as the title suggests, should Rangers continue with Ross Wilson? The comments are already flying in on that one. It's safe to say everyone has an opinion. Um, before we go on to that, I'll introduce our two contributors joining us this evening. First up, Scott Cameron. How are you doing, Scott? Good, aye, there's, uh, it should be a, an interesting discussion, plenty to talk about. Yeah, I think I think that's probably an understatement um, of the century there. Uh, we're also joined by Ben, how are you doing, Ben? Yeah, doing well, thanks, yep, glad glad to be back on and glad to be a few days further on from Sunday. Yeah, but for the listeners, Ben said to me beforehand that there was no way he could have made the pod on Monday, he was he was still so frustrated with Sunday, and I think I think we all were with that situation, right? As the um, as the comments suggest, Ross Wilson is a, a big talking point amongst Rangers fans at the moment. Before we get to Ross Wilson, although slightly related, we'll touch on the departure of James Sands, which was announced earlier on today. Um, James Sands is returning to his parent club, New York City FC, ahead of the start of the MLS season, which I actually think started at the weekend there, if I'm correct. Um, in, the, in the statement, Michael Beale said, I would like to thank James for his time at Rangers. He was a, a well-liked player in our squad and I enjoyed working with him on a daily basis. I believe he will go on to have an excellent career. The opportunity to return to New York City FC for the start of the MLS season, where he will be a key player in their squad, it was something we felt was correct for all parties. Everyone at Rangers wishes him well moving forward. Now, Scott, I saw you kind of poke, poke a wee bit of fun at, at the wording there in terms of moving forward. Um, I'll start with you, just with your your thoughts on on that announcement, first of all, and then your thoughts on, on James Sands as a player in this time at Rangers. To be honest with you, it's it's been on the cards for a few weeks. Obviously, MLS about to start, as you as you rightly say. Clearly wasn't a part of uh, Michael Beale's plans, had been pretty limited in the in the in the first three months. Wish him well. I, I'm just grateful that it was a it was a loan signing. You know, it was one of these ones. Um we're obviously going to talk about Ross Wilson, but if we'd signed him for three or four million and then we'd uh, we'd had to shift him within eighteen months at a loss, then but I, I you know, it's one of those we've taken a punt, it hasn't really worked out. He had some decent games, he had some bad games, you know. Overall, it's just one of these things. He probably will we'll have a decent career over there, but just wasn't he cut out to play in, in Scotland, basically, or for Rangers. Yeah, Ben, I've seen the comments or the suggestions that people are quite happy to see um, the back of, of James Sands. That's probably quite a harsh way to put it, but in terms of it, it's not quite worked out for him as as we'd hoped at Rangers. Um, I've seen some people on social media saying he was a bit of a, a stupid signing. I would have to probably disagree with that one. 21-year-old Phil International, Young Player of the Year in the MLS, Signed him on a, an eighteen month loan with the with the fee already agreed. Um, he was a highly thought of player and he was a versatile player as well. We saw the various different positions he played for us. It just didn't work out for him at Rangers quite how how we hoped. But ultimately, with the way the with the way the deal was structured, meant that he, he returns with to New York City with with very very minimal outlay from our side and and there's not really much harm done. Is that is that how you see it? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can't agree with anyone that it was is against and thinks it was a bad idea to to take the gamble on it. It was a gamble, but I mean, it's a young it's a young player, as you said, full international, can play in a number of positions. All right, it hasn't worked out, um, but it's the type of signing that on paper could have could have worked out, and I can see why we have gone for it. Um, not that I'm defending any directors of football at this minute in time. But uh yeah, I feel that I feel that the signing on, on paper and in principle was was good. Um I you know I'm not I'm not rejoicing that he's gone, but he certainly wasn't wasn't uh he'll not be he'll not be missed really really. Um you know I, I the the one thing that I would say is I look back and if I if I try to remember his time that, that he was sensational against PSV the night we qualified for the Champions League, um, and that was his only his only real contribution. Um, the only thing in mitigation, and I'm probably probably get a bit of abuse for this, is that I, I don't think he ever really got a run in his position in in, in midfield in the team. Um, now people might say that that's because he's not good enough, which which may well be the case. But I would argue that the people that have been continually getting a run in those positions. Haven't been good enough either, have they? Yeah, I think that I think that's fair to say. And he, he was chucked in the deep end. I think it's fair to say in terms of playing centre half alongside Leon King for for much of that Champions League campaign. And I think that was symptomatic of the the squad issues that we'll come on to talk about a bit later. But it's it was also not his fault that he was brought into that one. On the other side of things, Caroline says that uh, he gave me the fear he was a walking red card at times, and I think no more so than in those Champions League games was was James Sands exposed um, as a quite an inexperienced player, especially at that level. Scott, why don't you think it worked out for James Sands? I think uh, you know it. What what was his? I, I never ever heard him say what was his position. What did he consider his position? Was he quite happy to to be that versatile player? Um, I would I would quite like to have seen him given an opportunity as the as the number six. You know, you know it's been something that we've uh, we've been we've been crying we've been crying out for. No 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 say he's going to be the American version of Stephen Davis, but without five, six, seven games opportunity, how are you how are you how are you going to know? Playing alongside Leon King, you know, I mean I think that's what most people will remember him for is the, the car crash what that was the Champions League group stage. But they were just two young guys that were, were put into a position well out there well out their capabilities at this at this point, so I think it's it's just that he never got an he never really got an opportunity to show what he could do. You know, see if he was playing centre half alongside Connor Goldson, possibly. You know, you don't know, but I think uh, circumstance just hasn't favoured them. Um, and I think five games at centre half alongside Leon King doesn't. You know, you know that. That's not a fair uh, time to to judge anybody, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think James Sands, looking from the outside in, got a pretty raw deal with a lot of the, with a lot of the times he did get to start um, for Rangers. It wasn't his fault, um, and he, he obviously did the best he could in that in that situation. I think what a lot of the comments said. I'll go back to John Weir's comment here. Sands, he was a he's a decent player, but he just wasn't good enough for us. And I think that's. 
that's probably a fair assessment in in my eyes of, of how it looks. Ben, the the we spoke about the fact it was an eighteen month loan and a an agreed fee um, that that was able to be um, triggered. Should we want to buy James? And I believe the, the agreed fee was probably about three to three and a half million pounds, if I if I remember correctly. Is is the feeling? Do you think just that we could spend that three and a half million pounds more or better or more smartly, or, or try and use some, some words that are actually English? Um, <laughs> is there? A, do you think that that there was just we can sign better players for three and a half million? Uh, well, Rab- Rabbi Matando, Matondo would probably say no, but uh, but yes, I yes we can. I mean, we can get more more for that money, more quality, and somebody that is going to make an impact. If we're spending that that money on a player, he needs to make an impact. And whether whether Sands wasn't given the chance to do that or not, you know, we we don't see him in training, and and you know, he obviously wasn't quite at the level to to make that impact and be given the chance to make that impact. So. Um, if we're spending that amount of money, it needs to be on a player that is either starting in the team or certainly pushing towards that. And Sands was really a player that was going to come on for the last five minutes at most, really, by the looks of things. Yes, yeah, so Scott, I'm interested in a comment here from Teddy Bears, actually. I would have played Sands before Winstrom and Kamara last Sunday. Hindsight is a great thing, though. Do you think, had James Sands been given that opportunity, he could have? proven himself or do you think it was as it is just that he's not good enough for, for Rangers at this time and and it's thank you and goodbye? I think it would have been a big uh, decision to make to throw him in um, on Sunday. I think if he'd, if he'd had an opportunity for three or four games leading into the game on Sunday potentially um, but I don't think it would have been fair to, to throw him in as poor as uh, Lundstrom particularly and Kamara were on on Sunday. I think you know you're you're, you're throwing somebody under a under a bus. I think there was a there was a there was a bit of bus, a bit of that happened on Sunday with the team selection. I think to throw Sands in would have been another uh, it would have been an, another one to add to the poor decisions that Ross uh, Ross Wilson Michael Beale made on Sunday. Yeah, I think so, and I think it's I think it's interesting because I, I do think that central midfield will be a position that we have to focus on in the summer as part of the the refresh or the rebuild as as many people are are describing it and clearly Michael Beale doesn't think James Sands fits into into what he's looking for in that position and therefore we do have higher priorities than that and I think James Sands put a, a nice message on on his social media profiles as well about about Rangers and it, it does all seem very very amicable, um, but it's, it it does also seem almost the start of of the movement in the squad, and it's it's interesting to see that the move was made now, Ben, at this stage of the season, even though we've got sort of twelve league games left and a Scottish Cup to go for. Yeah, um, but again, he wasn't making an impact. I, I would I would imagine we didn't. Bale had no plans whatsoever where he was going to have him. You know, and uh, beyond beyond the loan, even if it if it had have lasted to to the summer. So I think in the, in in this twelve games, he he thought, you know, what's the point? And probably to be fair to to Sands and to give him the best chance in his career, which he which he deserves, is to go back to his club and. You know, all the best to him. But 
really hanging on to him to to not use him when when he probably wanted to go back and, and play football it wouldn't have been right um so it, it's it's the right decision yeah I, I think so um scott does it is it encouraging for you i guess that the the signs are that that they're they're looking at the squad and they're reassessing the squad even this early and the and the i guess approach to the the summer transfer window well, I would, I would hope as soon as Michael Beale uh, came in the door in November, part of the conversations that, that happened early on, even before Sunday, you know, you can't be just waiting to lose a cup final to start planning for, for next season. Michael Beale will know the position with all the out-of-contract players. I do believe that. He's not came out and said as much on the high-profile ones, but he will know 100% at this point, point in time who is going to be with us and who isn't going to be with us. So we just have to see how that how that pans out. But the squad's too big. The wage bill's too big. We should be getting more value for money for the the squad that we have. Yada, yada, yada. You know, it's... <laughs> but it's it's positive that it's, it's, it's one out the door and um, it's, you know, hopefully the first of, uh, first of many. The squad's too big, the wage bill's too big, we should be getting more value for money. Now let's start talking about Ross Wilson. Um <laughs> who I who many people I think Ben believe is is largely responsible for those three factors in terms of the size of the squad, the wage bill and the fact and the, the quality of player or the quality of performance that we are seeing from these players. I guess he's been the, the one consistent through Gerard, Gio, and now Michael Beale, he's been the, the consistent there. A lot was made on Sunday about the number of of players who who played for Gerard that were that were starting in that game. Um, Scott posted, and it, this was in the, the TII group chat, but he posted yesterday a poll saying should um, Michael Beale, not Michael Beale, should Ross Wilson be a uh, part of the the change in the summer. Um, before the rebuild starts, and I think surprised me a little bit, but overwhelmingly the answer was yes. What are your thoughts on Ross Wilson, his position at Rangers, how successful or unsuccessful he's been? Funny, I, I'm surprised that that surprised you, um, because it seems glaringly obvious to me. Um, the, the club, it's it's not just the playing staff. At this moment in time, the club needs a revamp. Um, Ross Wilson. Is a huge part in that. He's a huge part. If we're wanting to, if we're wanting to rebuild the, the playing staff, which we we very much need to do, um, would you want to do that with a man whose track record of bringing in players, well, to me is is, I'll be kind and say mediocre. Um, so, so yeah, it it, it seems obvious that, that that he has to be has there has to be changes with him. Um, I I I don't put the blame solely on him. Um, and, and and I don't necessarily agree with this whole. As soon as the the game was over the other day, there was sort of a hounding for him. I, I didn't like Ross Wilson. Sorry, I didn't feel Ross Wilson was right. Um, you know, in in the job, and I haven't done for for quite a long time. Um, and and it wasn't a, a you know a gut reaction to to Sunday. Um, but I but I feel like the, the changes also need to be bigger than him. I mean, I think the board in general there needs to be there needs to be changes. Um, at the end of the day. Ross Wilson has done a certain thing, but um, he he has, in my opinion, failed 
in his position, but they have allowed him to continually fail in the position, and and there needs to be questions about them uh, as much as as much as him. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like we we need to we need to be transferring new. Um, you know, we need a refresh at the club, and 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 I think at all areas of the club, and he's included in that. Scott, one of the things about Ross Wilson that I find really interesting is that none of us really know what his full remit is. None of us really understand what proportion of his job role is related to transfers and scouting and and that side of things. Now, you would imagine that a huge proportion is focused on the first team squad and the football operations around the first team squad. Um, he's also responsible for the B team and the women's team who haven't been going great guns this season um, and have tended to lose, I think, the vast majority of big games that they've played in this season. And that's potentially part of a separate discussion, but it feeds into into this one as well. Um, what are your, before we get st- started, and there's loads of comments coming in, and there's loads of comments that, that were coming in that I'll refer to that being before we, we came live tonight. But what are your thoughts on Ross Wilson? Are you in agreement with Ben? Well, I'm glad I put that con that uh, poll in the, the group chat. I was quite surprised it was quite as uh, unanimous, to be honest with you. He's been in position just over just over three years. Um, it's a bit hit or a miss, his uh, return, if we're just judging it purely on, on transfers. The obviously gold star moments are uh, Nathan Patterson and Calvin Bassey. The return, you know, that can be doubted, but I don't think that's. Uh, I would I would probably compliment the managers for the development of uh, particularly Geo developing Calvin Bassey. So uh, he sold Calvin Bassey at the right time. Calvin Bassey's had a difficult season, so I would say that. You've sold him at the right time, which we haven't done enough of. Ross Wilson hasn't done on, done enough of. Um, he has to be part of the conversation um, with regard to the the refresh, the rebuild, the, the setting everybody on fire, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. Um, the the board very much as it stands back Ross Wilson. I think they made that very clear at the at the AGM, but he is an, a man 100% under pressure. Um, I, I, do, do I think he should go? Yeah, I think he probably should. Do I think it will happen? No, I don't. Um, I think it would take significant change within the Rangers board, which Ross Wilson is a part of. You know, he, he isn't just the director of football and the head of the football operations, first team, B team, women's team, all that sort of stuff. He is part of the Rangers board. So I think it would need a change in the ownership um, and within the board structure. And for the <clears throat> the people that come in, you know, if uh, myself, one of us three won 110 million on the Euro millions on, the, on Friday night and we... We pop uh, Douglas Park a message on Monday, and and we we buy in. You know, Ross Ross Wilson would probably be collecting his P forty five within within a month, but it's going to take change. I don't think the status quo within the board have any intention of uh, removing Ross Wilson from his position. Yeah, I think that's that's an interesting point. What I'm going to do is Ben, I'll come to you for a 
initial reaction on some of these comments, but I'm going to run through some of the comments that we've had coming in from, from viewers and listeners. Um, Teddy Bears first up. Recruitment has been shocking, but I blame the board more than Wilson. They tell him how much he's got to spend, so he has to find players in that price range. Um, Gary says Ross Wilson needs gone now. His performance regarding recruitment has been a disaster, led us to where we are now. Um, Kenny saying Wilson is the common denominator in our lack of squad depth. There's quite a there's quite a breadth of topics in there that that people are covering in terms of what they've what they view. As a as a negative performance from Ross Wilson, Ben, where do you think it's a bit of the, the scatter guns out and the people are just had enough, or do you think it, that people are making are making valid points here about where they see weaknesses? Yeah, um, it's it's a tough one. I think I think as you say, people have had enough, um, and and I will not see any any plus points. What, what's interesting, what you what you said actually is what is his remit? Because if his remit has been to bring funds back into the club through through low low budget signings and you know likes of the cross border stuff with Faribo and with Bassi. Um, you know, it's been a success then um at that. Um but at the same time if you look at the Aribo one, you could you could look at the, the position that we got into where we let him run down his contract and then we didn't to me we could have got more for Aribo um than, than we did, but because he was in the last 12 months was an issue. Um, I can understand people saying that it's the board's fault and they give they're not giving uh, Wilson enough to spend, but he needs to be he needs to be, with whatever his budget is, whatever whatever club you're at, if if your budget is a hundred grand or your budget is a hundred million, it you're judged on how you spend that, you know. So so if if our budget was small, um, and we're gonna spend three million on Matondo, you know. I know I keep coming back to that one thing, but that's not that's not good. That's not good enough. And also, you know, was 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 the wages and things. I know that we got a reduced deal and stuff, but was was Aaron Ramsey was that worthwhile? Um, was Diallo on a short term thing? Was that worthwhile? Or 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 could could things of resources been you know been spent better? Um, and and I would say yes. Yeah, Scott. Just just on that one, John. We are comment there and Ben touched on it on it slightly Wilson is rated by the board because of the Bassey and Aribo transfers in my opinion I would tend to agree with that and I think that's a major feather or two feathers in his cap that he can point to I think Nathan Patterson is probably a third one um, in there that you could add in in terms of the the money brought in Uh, Duncan McInnes says the board recruited Ross Wilson and financially they have been moderately successful what are your thoughts on on that side of things, and, and do you think that the the sales and of or the the successful transitions from uh, minimal investment in the likes of Bassi and Aribo into into big transfer fees is 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 what the board are looking for, and is why Ross Wilson is viewed as being successful in what he's been doing. I think I think so. To be honest with you, I mean, I done a wee bit of um, scouting about before we before we came on and. When he left Southampton, the feeling uh, within the Southampton support was very similar. He had a bit of a hit or a miss record. I mean, I think he'd sold a couple of big a big players to Liverpool at that point when Liverpool were using Southampton as their as a sort of feeder club. So that sort of papered over other mistakes and other signings that didn't work out. So 
he didn't come from Southampton to Rangers as the perfect director of football, head of recruitment, whatever you want to call him. You know, um, so what has happened now is very similar to what actually happened at his, at his, at his previous club, you know. And I think that, re- repeat what I said, I think the board, they, they I'm not saying they're money-driven, um, but I think too much focus is given on the, the business and uh, selling, selling, uh, bringing players in for low and selling high. We all just want Rangers to be the best team on the park and to get back to winning trophies. You know, I'd, I'd you know, I, I could talk for the next five minutes, but you'll probably you'll come on to that. I think that there, there's too much focus on bringing low. I mean, even now we're talking about signing uh, Malik Tillman for six million, and we're even it's ingrained into us now. Or we could just keep him for eighteen months and we'll sell him for twelve million. Whereas the mentality should be: Can Malik Tillman for six million pound help us get the league title back and win trophies and get into the Champions League instead of this that has been ingrained into our brains because of what we have heard from within the club um, about the business model and buy buy low, sell high, all that sort of stuff, and be like Ajax and. All that, all that sort of situation. I just want Rangers from top to bottom to get back to focusing on the priority, which is putting a winning team on the park and winning trophies on a consistent basis. And they're all failing. It's not just Ross Wilson, Douglas Park, all the way down. They're all failing in that regard. Yeah, I think we'll go. Everyone on here and everyone listening or watching will echo those sentiments in that. We want to see a winning Rangers on the park, and that is the the main priority above all for us. And we want to see silverware lifted above the captain's head more and more often, especially more often than we have in recent years. Uh, In terms of uh, focusing on the business side of things, Scott Teddy Bears agrees with you. Seems to me the board are focusing on off-field matters like Edmiston House and building flats next to Ibrooks. We are a football team first. Interestingly, some of the comments, and I'll bring in Crawford Hume, who was previously um, a podder here with us at TII and hopefully will be at some point in the future again. Wilson is useless, but I base that more on the contract situation of several players rather than recruitment. I doubt he has total say on players coming and going. The board in general needs replaced. Uh, Caroline echoes that is the contract situation that bugs me. Ben, it's interesting that for all that Ross Wilson seems to be assessed on the success or failure of the players that we that we sign. The contract situation and the the frustration at how that is managed at, at the club seems to be seems to be growing more and more. Is is that something that you're seeing as well? Yeah, because to me it's 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 a bit of negligence. It's it's a failure to protect your assets. Um, you know. We don't want to. We don't want to tie down all these players, and, and, and obviously tie down the the wage budget, which would impact who's coming in and stuff. But the, at the same time, we, we don't want players like Arebo that getting into the last year of his contract, um, or or you know Ryan Kent brought in for seven and a half mil, walk out the door for free. Um, 
probably if you asked me that full time Sunday, I'd, I'd have paid for him to leave. But um, you know, at the same time, for the club to grow and 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 you know to 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 be continually bringing in more money, which will eventually um, hopefully be reinvested back into the team, then 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 part of his job as much as as much as we all want to see players coming in it's it's to look after the players that are there and make sure that they're tied down if we want them tied down or they're moved on at the right time if we need to move them on um part of the big feeling and whether that's been management and it goes as far back as 55 season um when 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 gerard said said that he didn't want to sell his best players in the summer a lot of them should have been sold at that point um and whether a director of football needs needs to obviously needs to work with the manager, but whether at that point he needs to kind of say to the manager, my job is to protect the club and to protect the club, I need to move on some of these at, at the right time to get the right face. Um so so for me he's feel he's feeling in that in that aspect as well. Yeah, Scott, Ben mentioned there some of the I guess that the, the fees that were muted around, let's focus on Morelos and Kent because those are two that are, are prominent in the mind and they're most relevant in terms of the contract situation. RFC 72 comes in and says, failed to sell Morelos at his peak for 17 million and Kent for 14, 15 million, 30 plus million gone for nothing. Now, there's a, I'll play devil's advocate a wee bit in this and that if we had sold Alfredo Morelos and Ryan Kent the summer after winning 55, I think there would have been uproar amongst the Rangers support. I might be wrong, but I think there would have been uproar amongst the Rangers support. I think for me, Alfredo Morelos' time at Rangers is coming to an end, and rightfully so. Um, a bit concerned that Michael Beale said that he's keen to keep Alfredo Morelos for longer, um, but I think his time's coming to an end, and ultimately we need to remember that we bought Alfredo Morelos for £1 million six years ago. We have definitely had value for money out of Alfredo Morelos. I don't think anyone is 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 arguing that we've had significant value well beyond what we could have hoped for for a one million pound signing. The signing of Alfredo Morelos has been a success. What do you make of of the the idea that actually we're holding on to players for too long and and that that we should be selling these players earlier, even if it does frustrate the fans or annoy the fans and I guess fans getting the whole fans getting too attached to players. Now that's partly what we do as fans. We fall in love with certain players who offer us certain things and give us exciting moments and winning goals and all that sort of stuff. What do you make of that whole situation and how the board should be balancing that? Yeah, it's a, it's not a, it's not an easy question to to answer. Um, I just had a wee search on that. Morelos, the bid from Leo came in actually before fifty five. It was the summer before fifty five. So, play devil's advocate. Would he, would uh, we have won fifty five if it was just Kemar Roof and Cedric Itton? Um But what I will say is the Calvin Bassey signing the sale. That is how you do it. You sell them at their optimum, the optimum value. You know, um, I I think Leeds were interested in Ryan Kent. You know, um, you know, Gerard should have been basically told we need to sell. If you want Joey Veerman and another player, you need to sell Glenn Kamara, or you need to sell Ryan Kent. 
to finance that and to refresh. And I think that's that's all part of the the, the ship has sailed since um, since we won that since we won that league title. Um, it is frustrating that players are their contracts are running are running down. It's frustrating that we're going to lose Kent and Morelos. You quite rightly say for what we paid for Morelos, he's given us, you know, so much so much in return for that. So I I, I said on this before. I just hope he leaves with a on a high sort of situation. Ryan Kent's a different situation because you have put so much money into him. You know, seven and a half million pound, probably a million pound a year over four years. You're 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 going to lose. You're going to lose that for. You're going to lose that for nothing. But players hold the power with regard to contracts, and I think sometimes, see, unless the the cash is actually on the table, it's very difficult to to sell a player if the offer isn't actually. Other than Leo Wimarelos. Do we actually know that Ryan Kent there was an offer for Leeds on the table, and you know you, you just don't you just don't know, Craig. It's um, we're we're going into a contract situation at the other end where John Lundstrom this summer is going into the last year of his contract. He's no worth twenty five million, but similar situation. A decision will have to be made on John Lundstrom. Either he is extended. Personally, I wouldn't extend them. I would be looking to offload to somebody in the English Championship. Borna Barisic, going into the last 12 months, his contract, same situation, at an age where it's probably his last big move. So I'm looking at Yilmaz as the future and basically saying, right, thanks very much, Borna, but you are part of the, the group of players that have lost Serial losers, I think, has been the expression. Um, I think it's the time for you to to be sold because you can't have a situation again next summer where you're going to have another two players leaving for leaving for nothing. You know, so it's all uh, it, there's so many factors, Craig, that um, Ross Wilson has to get has to get right, and he's getting more wrong than he's getting right at at this point for me. Helps me unmute myself from this nothing. Um, it's usually I, me. It's usually you telling me. <laughs> I, th- I think that's that's fair from Scott and Ben. I'll come on to your thoughts on that in a second around finding the right time to sell players and how that balances with with fan opinion. Um, just bringing a couple of comments that have been coming in. In the meantime, Teddy Bears saying, "I'm tired of Morelos and Kent now. Time to move them both on." John Wallace coming a bit to the defence of Ross Wilson. Why don't you blame Ross for playing unfit players on Sunday? He gets the blame for everything else. Nicholas Moore, we've hung on to players for too long and now they're worth peanuts. Uh, there's loads of comments along along those um, kind of lines. Uh, Nicholas Stubborn, look, look football ain't about profit, it's about winning the things and balancing the books. Um Twisted sixteen ninety. We have fatigued and plateaued as a team out with the old and with the new. Ross Wilson needs to go. I think we're getting every kind of thought and feeling under the sun and in the comments section at the moment, Ben. But just on that that question I posed to to Scott there around the finding the right time to sell and balancing that with with fan opinion and 
everything like that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think it's important to find out. I mean, if 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 we're going back to that, you know, the Kent and Morelos time, if they were both, although Scott's right, the Morelos was a year before, um, but it would be a case of you sell one of them, you know. I think if fans if fans say you have a winning team and you're decimating it and they're all leaving, you know, they're going to be annoyed. But I think if you sell one of them, and the important thing is that the, the, I don't think the fans will be as annoyed if they can see this money's come in and it's being reinvested. You know, for me, what I think obviously Bassi was sold at the right time, but for me, what what's what's annoyed me about that is he, the money wasn't spent and he wasn't replaced. Um, and even after qualifying for the Champions League, on top of of top of um of the Bassi sale, he still wasn't replaced and the and the, and the money still wasn't spent. So I think fans can understand that. We don't like it, but football's a business. Um and and you have to you have to sell these players. Um, you know, you, you gotta look at them and say, do, you, do they want to be here long term? And and because we, we want to build build a team around people that want to be there, but at the same time, it needs to work for both parties. So if if for the club we need to we need to you know refresh and we need to sell them at the right time, it's it's important that we do that, but 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 at the same time that they're replaced and it's not just we're weakening it. We're bringing. There's a lot of money in the bank, but but you know we're not. Our team isn't as good. Um, that that's what concerns. But yeah, re- replacing them is the key thing, and and and, sp- and spending some of the money. You know. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair, and we'll come on to talking about how much money do we need to spend in an ideal world, and actually how much money do we feel do we feel that is in the, in the pot for us in the summer and do, how do we, as a club, try and maximise that? Scott touched on John Lundstrom potentially looking to try and punt him to the championship for a couple of million pounds if we can. Um, Borna Barisic will, as a Croatia international left-back, he will garner some some interest from clubs, whether it be in, in the UK or or further afield in Europe. I think it'll be interesting to watch that one. Again, I think Borna Barisic would be a, a sign of where the club is heading, if I'm being honest, in terms of if we hold on to Borna Barisic, then we're still doing what we were doing before and we've not learned our lesson. If we were to um, sell on Borna Barisic at this stage, at the end of this season, then I think you start to think, okay, we've we've learned from our mistakes and we're, we're moving forward on, on that side of things. Um, can, I, can, I, can I just say, Craig, there was one of the comments, I think it was Teddy Bears had actually said it was about if we had won on Sunday, everything would be everything would be rosy or, you know, I, that was it. You know, I don't think we probably wouldn't be sitting here having the conversation as robustly, but the, I think the, the issues would still remain. I think I think if you win the League Cup, then it's great. It helps you uh, kick on, hopefully for the rest of the season, and hopefully uh, lift the lift the Scottish Cup at the end of the season. But it's, um, I think, everything that needs to happen in the summer would have needed to happen regardless of what happened on Sunday. In my opinion, just the the the, the decimation of the the squad certainly. I think. <laughs> The next three, the next three months could uh, sign a few P forty fives for pretty much, pretty much all of those that have been losers over the last few years. 
and that includes Tav and Goldson because I saw that mentioned as uh, one of our comments as as well. You know, so just because you win on Sunday, it wouldn't it wouldn't change the validity of Ross Wilson's job, the board's job, and uh, everything else. Yeah, Ben, I think I said on Monday's podcast, but I think the next 12 league games in, in the Scottish Cup run will be particularly interesting. Partly from a seeing how Michael Beale figures out his squad and who he wants to keep and who he wants to, to let go. I think part of it will be uh, who does who turns up on, on the big games and who's able to fit into how Michael Beale wants to play. It'll be interesting to see how young players are brought into the, the team as well and if we start to try and give them some experience around that. How do you see what I guess is, although we've only, in, in realistic terms, we've probably got a Scottish Cup to go for and, and and that's all for the remainder of the season. How do you see how important the next three months are, not not only from a figuring out what players are, are staying and what players are going, but from an overall Michael Beale knowing what he wants and what he needs to do in the transfer market in the summer? I, I think it's very important. Um, I think, although we don't want to be in this position, and it might sound sound stupid, but in a way, Michael Beale's lucky because, um, you know, as a Rangers manager, you don't generally get this period where you have 12 league games that, although we need to win and we want to win, you're not we're not going for a title right now. I mean, I'll be honest, we're not. Um, so he has this period to to look at his players, um, to to work out what, what way he wants us to play and what, what way he wants us to look next season. Um so he has he has this period of preparation, although you're always doing that. Um it's 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 kind of bonus time in a way. We don't we don't want it. We want to be you know, fighting it out for a title, but you know the damage the damage was done title wise before he came in. Um, the only opportunity he's had to to close the gap due, due to their results was against them, and you know he came very close to doing that. Um, but but it's important to for him also to to look at like look at the likes of McCrory and goal. Um, at times, now I don't think he'll be a Rangers number one. Um, but to to even look at the point of view is, could I rely on him as a number two next season if I needed to? Because um, I think we need a new keeper um, to get, you know, if he if he ever returns Yilmaz to be give him a run of, of of games to be able to look at. Okay, if I'm thinking of shifting on Borna, which I think we should do, um, is Yilmaz right now ready to be a starting every week, you know, left back for for us? This is the time where we find out these things. And although I understand that these players won't be playing necessarily there's still pressure but they won't be playing under the pressure of the start of next season when it's you know when and we're starting fresh and we're you know we're we're, we're trying to trying to win a league um but i still think i still think that it's it's important that we, we see them playing regularly and and maybe maybe the likes of laurie now is time to time to see him playing um again to gauge gauge just exactly where he's at and what 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 he can give to us right now and for next season yeah i think and i'm keen to get your thoughts on something scott picked up as well and gary kind of touches on it here in this comment tavernier kamara goldson winstrom davies ken all need sold asap hopeless and score the lot of them ross wilson out too as his recruitment is shite i i mean there's i'd probably split that less than half um, for the ones that I think should be sold and shouldn't, I think Tavernier, Goldson, Davies are 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 certs to to still be here this time next season. I think uh, Kamara and Lundstrom, I would 
let go in the summer and then Ryan Kent, I'm kind of on the fence about if I'm being brutally honest. I think what Scott mentioned, obviously Tavernier and Goldson need to prove themselves as well um, over the next three months, four months, however long we've got until the end of the end of the season. For me, Connor Goldson has already proven himself. I think his value to the team was proven from the moment he he got injured against Liverpool all the way through to to his return after the World Cup. I think I think Connor Goldson's value to the team couldn't have been more clear in in that time. And I think he'll he's a he's a cert to be here next year. James Tavernier is the a bit of a scapegoat for fans, and it, it does it does frustrate me that that he is. I don't think his performances have been up to the level that we've seen the two years previously. I, to be honest, I think that last year's, especially during the Europa League run, was a a complete outlier in in James Tavernier's career because he was just so good for so, and he was so consistent over such a long period of time, and he. He contributed so much, but he continues to contribute despite potentially not having having his best season from open play. Where do you sit in terms of, in particular, Tavernier and Goldson, and and, and where they are if they've got a future at Rangers? Um, I find Ben Davies' name being in there a bit quite interesting, but I, I don't. I, I think he, him and Goldson, is the partnership we need to sort of build build that solid spine around to be honest and if we're going to be replacing the goalkeeper as well in the summer then having your central defensive partnership um, solid and having played for a the vast majority of a season together can can only help with that transition but where do you sit on the sort of tavernier goldson side of things yeah the tavernier goldson for me I, I wouldn't begin to question them leaving i mean they, they should be they should be there um now the one thing i would question uh, goldson for me is we saw, as you've just said, we saw how how much we how different we are without him when he was injured for that period. Um, and you know, I've I've no no way would be getting rid of him. Um, Tavernier, I would certainly be certainly be keeping now between the end of between the end of this season. Um, I would like to be seeing an upturn in his performances. Um, but I would have him regardless as a member of the squad who who starts a lot of games. But what I would like to see, regardless of whether Tav plays brilliantly between now and the, now and the end of the season, is that I would like to see some competition brought in for him. Um, if Devine is that is that player, great, but we need, we need, to, we need to actually see him to know that, um, other than the few, he did well in the few games that he's had, but it's not enough to judge him on. Um, and the fact that he hasn't been getting any football of late, one, it sort of surprised me. Um, it surprised me he didn't play in the cup against Partick. Um, but but the fact that he's not being played maybe means that the manager doesn't quite think that he's he's up to the level as of yet. But yeah, I think Tav needs needs some uh, needs some competition. Davies, I've seen enough to know that that he is a good player to have around. Um, I I think I would like us to see somebody signed that will push him. May not necessarily start ahead of him, but may, um, you know. But but he he certainly wouldn't be going anywhere. Kamara, I've always loved Kamara, and I've always said to myself, oh, you know, he'll refine his form, but but he just he just hasn't gone to. Um, so I think it's time to time to, you know, time to go our separate ways. Um, on John John Lundstrom, yeah, I, as Scott said there, I didn't realize that he was it was going to be a year out. Um, you know, if if we were to get somebody that was going to offer us a couple of million for him. 
yeah, I would move him on. I definitely would. Yeah, Scott, just we're, we're also talking about, about James Tavernier, Connor Goldson. Um, we talked about Borna Barisic just before that. Um, Ali Quinn comes in here with a comment. It's slightly off the topic of recruitment, um, but it's one that's been discussed quite regularly. Why do we keep losing the same goals then? Europa League final, then same again on Sunday. Wakey, wakey, he calls Goldson shite, which I've already already pushed back on. But we do we do seem to lose very similar goals quite often. Why why do you think that is, and how do we how do we sort that? I realize you're not the manager, or a, <laughs> I always think I always think um, it's never one person that's at fault. Anytime we lose a goal, I think there's always a. I think the first goal on on sun on Sundays the the key it, when you look at it, it's Tav, Golson, Davies that are, but I think the tracking for the middle of the park. I think it was uh, Aaron Moy got into a, into a pocket. He played the ball wide to uh, Greg Taylor. Ball comes in, you know. They've got men in the box. That's another. That's, that's another money mine. They always gamble and have players have have players in the box sort of situation. But what I was meaning with regard to Connor Golson is he is effectively the captain without the armband, in in my opinion. But he has to get everybody else. I mean, I I stayed for my sins. I stayed pretty much until the, the Rangers end was empty. I've absolutely no idea why on Sunday, but he looked absolutely spewing uh Goldson. He was he was he and the conversations that have happened in the training ground this week and how the performances that we see moving forward, that's where the leaders in the group have to get around their teammates and actually get them get them performing. Tav, I think it's he's the captain. He's always the scapegoat. It's always been the case. Like he does it at the RTV interview on Sunday. He gets moaned at, and I probably had a I had a moan on my social media about it. Uh, I'm fed up hearing the same patronising stuff. But equally, yesterday when I thought about it, if he hadn't done the RTV interview, he'd have been criticised because he hadn't done he hadn't like showed face sort of thing. So you know, Tavis Marmite. I think I think that's the you know you either love them or you or you hate them. That is not going to change now, uh, and it won't change between now and the end of his his Rangers career. I don't believe he's what him. Um, I think the back four, I think, is pretty much cemented. Tav, Goldson, Davies, Yelmaz. I think that's there. We all want to uh, set the whole squad on fire. The board, the director of football. It isn't going to be physically possible to sell 16 players this summer and bring 16 players in. Isn't it, isn't it possible? You might be able to do it if you're playing football manager, but in real life, you can't do that. What happens this summer is every player that's out of contract goes, right? There's your opportunity. I, I, you know, And I include Morelos in that. You know my, my love for Morelos, but... He's ran his race. Ryan Kent ran his race. All these players, thanks very much. You've gave us decent service. You didn't win as much, but you've got an opportunity. Line in the sand. I don't know how many players that that 
comes to. How much wages is that freed up? That's when Ross Wilson then has to, working with Michael Beale, spend that money wisely. It isn't about spending a hundred million. If we've only got ten million, it's about spending that ten million properly. I go back to Walter Smith when Walter Smith was manager the second time round. Walter Smith never had any money to spend. There was one summer he signed Nikita Yelovich for four million because that was all his budget was because he thought that Nikita Yelovich would make the difference. And he did. I think we went on to win a couple of league titles sort of situation. So it's how you, if we've got 15 million to spend, goalkeeper, centre midfielder, striker, right? We probably need more than that. But if you... He's still not buying a right winger. We've needed one of those for years. But but I, I still think I still think the spine of the side you have to get the spine of any successful side, and I I, I look across the, the the city and they have a strong spine. The goalkeeper's dodgy, but they have a strong spine. Middle of the park, you know. Callum McGregor was walking about with uh, his slippers on on Sunday. Uh, you know, nobody got nobody got close to him. It was two touches all the time. Nobody got in his face, sort of thing. But I think. Um, I think the, the the thing for the summer for me is nobody gets a new contract that's out of contract and you then use that money and any budget that you've got for transfer fees to bring in. Um, it looks, it, listen, I've went through the emotions over the last two or three days. I'm glad I'm speaking tonight rather than on Monday. But we can, we can recover this with good recruitment and but that that goes back to Ross Wilson and are we recruiting in the right areas? Are we only dealing with certain agents? Are we do we look abroad? Do we you know, do we look far enough afield with regard to our recruitment? Um but to get back to I think the original point of that I've basically went off on a tangent there, but Tav Goldson they're not going anywhere anytime, anytime soon. I, I, I don't think. Um, I think there's other other areas that um, we have to address first. Yeah, Gary comes in here with an interesting point, which probably is a discussion for a whole other pod in itself. But um, too many people are sentimental about some of these players because of fifty-five. Yes, that was great, but it was years ago. You can't live in the past. Need to move on, and I think that comes back to a discussion that was had on. I think it was Monday night's podcast. I can't. I can't quite remember. It seems like ages ago. Um, but I think it was around the people who have grown up as Rangers fans, just Rangers winning, 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 and the, their expectations and the standards that they believe are set compared to the 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 younger fans now who have grown up. Basically, their their teenage years and adulthood has been twenty twelve onwards. And they've they've seemed to have a very different attitude as to how to how to approach this. Um, I think that's that's an interesting point, Ben, that that we need to bear in mind, and it's potentially one of the reasons why we have such polarizing opinions across the Rangers support. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we we do need we need we need to move on from fifty five completely now. I mean, it's two years ago now, or nearly three or whatever it is. It's, it's, I can't even remember now. It's um but you know the the players are great. They deserved they deserved, you know 
recognition for that and you know it'll not be something that we'll ever forget but you know you're only as good as your last game you know you've you've, you've got to keep producing you know they 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 would have been legends if at, 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 at 55 they did what they did but then they kicked on from that but it seemed almost without knowing their their you know trying to read their minds but it seemed almost like they themselves thought look what we've done we've delivered 55 we're gonna now just sit back and go we did it but it's like we're Glasgow Rangers. We we win fifty five. Then we go on. We get fifty six, and you know that's what they across the city have right now, which is they have the right mentality for it. And I think mentally we we don't. You know, we we need to be focused on winning, 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 not just winning and, and admiring it. You know, we 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 need we need to, and it, it is it is. I can understand people that that have you know, as you say, their teenage years or whatever. We're we're in the in in the wonderful years that we've had for the last ten years, but you know, this this club is is built on success and it's built on winning, and and it needs to get back to that on, on a consistent basis. Or you know, we we, we need to we need to not. Be, I mean, we, we, when would you ever have thought at Rangers would be going? Oh well, we won the league three years ago. We won the league two years ago. No, we need to win this league. We need to win next league and the one after that. Now you're not going to win it every single year because you know there's there's two teams, but you need to be not nine points behind. You know. Yeah, I think I think that's fair, and I think that um, in terms of uh, the the wolves, I'm going to say I've got to read out four fives there, but I don't know. I can't be bothered with that one. Uh, so we'll call him the wolf. Um, well, I think at his point, the board thought it would be good enough without too much investment in the team stands true. And I think it still runs to this day. We obviously saw big fees coming in for um, the likes of Patterson, Aribo, Bassey. We know after after the uproar last summer exactly how these kind of fees and transfers work in terms of the money spread over three years, four years, however long the contract is, it doesn't arrive in a lump sum, yada, yada, yada. We know all of that and we we understand that. I definitely think there's been a a part and probably a bigger part than we understand in terms of those who've invested money in the club have taken money out of the club. And I think that's a major part that there's no transparency on at this moment in time. I know John Bennett was one who came forward and said, yeah, look, I've, ta- I've, I've received X amount back um, as, as repayment for a loan and, and I, I do understand that but I think there's been many more instances of that and we've not had sight of it which is part of the reason why the club hasn't hasn't invested as much as, as I think as fans we would have wanted them to or would have expected them to and transfers to, to as you say Ben push on from 55 and not rest on our laurels and, and keep going from there Um Teddy Bears comes in and says the board charged the fans the maximum allowed by UEFA for Champions League tickets and it's sold out. We buy all the tops they put out, three, four, five a season, the border to blame. I think from a financial perspective, I think it's it's really interesting because we're sitting here now and actually we've got two comments here, one from Nicholas Moore and one from Aldo RFC, which touch on the, the sort of final point that I was I was looking to to make and ask you guys about Scott and Ben and the listeners around how much money do you think we will have in the summer to spend? Nicholas Moore says, as a club, do we actually have any cash to spend on players? Aldo RFC says, 
have to admit, expect the board to spend big in summer, but what if there's no money? Which, in the grand scheme of things, seems a bit ludicrous, considering the level of fees that we've commanded for those three players that I mentioned beforehand. But it was a question that I was actually asking myself and when we were having the discussion as a group um, after the game on Sunday, we all kind of said, do we have the resources to rebuild this team, how it needs to be rebuilt? Now, Scott, you've focused a lot on the the spine of the team and that's probably where we need to, where we do need to focus on. We've, I guess you could say, wasted money on or £3 million is the prime example and Rabi Matondo. I know, Ben, you've mentioned that about 40 times already this this podcast, and so I hope Ravi Matondo isn't watching. But um, I think that it's it's working out. Where do we spend that spend that money? Realistically, you're looking at probably need to spend fifteen million pounds minimum to give ourselves a bit of a shot in the arm. Um, Scott, where do you land on all of this? Do you think the money is there? Do you think we should have more money than we currently do? Do you think? How do you think we we best approach this in the summer? Well, I think last I think last summer we signed Yilmaz for five, Davies for four, and Matondo for three. I can't actually recall anybody else. I expected us to spend, and this was off the back of the Europa League run, selling Aribo and selling Calvin Bassey. I expected us to spend more last summer. You know, so I think we spent less. This summer, I'm still in the 10 to 15 million. Uh, that's the sort of budget that I'm expecting. But I think uh, Gav, uh, and obviously uh, one of the podders is basically, he, he talks a very similar game to myself with regard to good scouting, uh, good scouting, making use of the the the, the Bosman uh, market, you know, you know, or getting getting a a Todd Cantwell or a Nico Raskin that's coming towards the end of their their contract, so you might pick them up for uh, you might pick them up for less sort of thing. Um, I think it, that all comes back to Michael Beale and Ross Wilson working collaboratively to bring in the the right the right players. You know, it, just because you've got fifty million doesn't mean you spend that fifty million. You can still waste fifty million. I was watching the the, the overlap with, with Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher uh, when I was working today, and they were talking about Man United up until this season. Man United have spent hundreds of millions of pounds, but they've squandered hundreds of millions of pounds. If you've, I, I said this earlier on, if we've got ten to fifteen million pounds and we've freed up two hundred thousand pound a week for example, in wages, which isn't out with the bounds of possibility with some of the, the big earners that are. It's what you do with that. This is what Ross Wilson and Michael Beale have to get right. This is this should have been, the conversations would have started November, December, January, February, so they know the targets that they have got. I think Michael Beale, during his, his press conference that it seemed like he had every day in January, spoke about he spoke about having targets in mind the number nine I think he spoke about he has one specific target you know is that somebody that's going to cost five million pound or is that somebody that's out of contract or going into the last 12 months 
you know, you just don't know. We just have to get value for what we have available. You know, um, that's that that's the. But I think ten to fifteen million, I think, is is a is a realistic budget. To be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, Ben. One of the comments here from Finn Fogel is probably being a bit over ambitious here. Rangers need to be spending over twenty million pounds on five or six starters. Anything less, and we are runners up again next season. I think that is overly ambitious, if I'm being honest. And realistically, if you look at the law of averages as to how many transfers, especially at the moment with Rangers recruitment, how many transfers are a success and how many aren't. If you're spending twenty million pounds on on five or six, you're probably wasting about half of that. Um, so I think realistically, as Scott mentioned, we need a goalkeeper. We need one, maybe two central midfielders, and we'll definitely need one starting first choice striker, probably two, because I think um, I, I don't Kamar Roof isn't reliable enough. Alfredo Morelos will be out the door. Leaves you with Antonio Cholak really there and I don't think he's in the long term a starter for Rangers um in, in all games and I think he's he's a player who can contribute and I think he's a player who knows how to find the back of the net but I don't think he's a he's a he's an out and out starter for Rangers. So what what are your thoughts on Finn Fogel's comment there and, and potentially where where that money needs to be spent? Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd love us, I'd love us to have twenty million to spend. I, I don't think we do. Um, I, I I think around that fifteen million is is probably more realistic, um, and that might slightly push it as well. I think I think that this this isn't going to be this summer fixed. It's going to be a at least two, maybe three. I know we don't want to hear that, but transfer windows, um, because we don't we don't have the money to throw about all over the place. Um, so I, I think it's going to take patience, which is not something that fans are generally good at. Um, and you know, we may we may suffer a little bit further, um, but but it, it's it's going to need to be done sort of in, incrementally. Um, I feel. I feel like we need to we need to be smart, like like what Scott said there is hundred percent. We need to be using the 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 Bosma market, but also like when you look at the rebuild that they did, you know, when they, they brought in Carter Vickers on loan, you know, they used to that they brought in Giada on loan and and okay, they've gone and they've bought them, but I mean to have players of that ability on loan at your at your club, um and, and then have them, you know, buy into what you want to do and eventually coming is, is, is big and is, is good. So we, we need to be looking at those type of players like a, and making sure that they're sensible loans. You know, we're not, I'm not talking an Andy King or something like that. Like, you know, from a couple of years ago, I'm talking about players that loan them players that are one realistic for us to get in the future. Um, but also, also players that, that aren't coming towards the end and are just coming for, for a kickabout, but are, are, are players that, you know, can add to our, our starting eleven or squad without us spending money that that we don't have on top of what we do spend. Um, I think you know we're go- we're going to be letting player a lot of players go um, at the end of their contracts, so that will free free up wages. You know, Morelos on a on a high wage, Kent on a high wage. You know, at this moment in time, I, I I'd obviously let both of them go. Um, so so that will that that will hopefully you know in, enable us to spend that little bit more, be it on on Bosman's. Um, we certainly need a keeper. Um, we, I would like, I would like another centre half. Um, I think John Suter is good enough, but I mean, you know, he's he's going to play as much as Roof is going to play. So, 
you know, that says it all. Um, we need a centre midfielder. We need two strikers. Um, for me, Cholak isn't good enough to be a starter for Rangers. Um, I think, as you said, he 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 will have his uses and he, he maybe come on and, and score goals. And maybe that's harsh people I think after after the start of the season he's had, but just of late, I just I just don't think he's he's quite at that level. Um we do need we still need that right winger. Um we're gonna need a left winger. Kent plays every single game and I don't think he's gonna be there. But we we're not gonna be able to do this all at once. So that's why I'm talking about the likes of the loans. Um but I, I'd agree I'd agree with Scott that the spine is the most important thing and, and we need to we need to kind of strengthen that up. Um, we've we've started to do that. It's a good thing because I really, really, really like the look of Raskin thus far. Um, and and I think we need to we need to be building players to play around him. Um, so the good thing is that the work has started, but it's it's not going to be an overnight fix. Yeah, absolutely. I think Nico Raskin is is what everything should be built around at this moment in time. A young, promising. Um, vibrant player who is who has the the ability but also the that little bit of aggression that you need to succeed in Scottish football and I think I think from what I've seen of Raskin and it just makes the the starting line up on Sunday even more baffling it just um I think he's the one that you build everything you build everything around and, and take it from there the way you are listing off positions and players there Ben I think um R30 comes in with like five or six million on 20 players which is the which is always the fear uh from that side of things and king rick coming in here with i think the most probably the most sensible approach to it. if we can bring in eight to ten million plus say 10 million from last year's profit we should be able to to buy four or five players and um, scott just before we round off the podcast ben spoke quite a bit about the, the loan market there and be able to utilize that um, effectively, it's not a market we've done particularly well in um, in recent years. Aldo RFC came with a point earlier on, says we need to look at new markets, not the usual free loans injury prone. I guess we've not had great success and we have seen other clubs, including Celtic, have success um, with, that, with those um, styles of deals. Do you think that the loans and those free transfers, similar to what we did with, or almost did with, with Cantwell, I guess we end up paying a, a small fee, I think, to, to Norwich to get them now instead of in the summer. But do you think those kind of deals are a, have a major part to play in and how we succeed and in, in rebuild? I think it'll be interesting because Michael Beale was obviously asked about loans during, during the January window and he didn't seem... I don't know if he was just talking about loans in in January or whether that was his policy moving forward. You know, he, he doesn't he doesn't strike me as a manager that wants to develop other clubs' players uh, without a realistic um, possibility that Rangers can. That that that's my my thing. I mean, we'll, we'll throw Billy Gilmore. He's he's perennially linked with with Rangers, but Billy Gilmore's ten million pounds. Uh, went to went to Brighton, so we could bring Billy Gilmore in on loan. But the reality is, we wouldn't be able to buy him. So, what's what's the point? We're getting Billy Gilmore games for game 30, 40 games a season, but he's he's not going to be a Rangers player um, moving forward. So, I, I think it'll be it'll be an interesting one because there's a lot of players that are going to go out the door. There might not be enough money to bring in the bodies. So. They're going to have to be creative 
with regard to it. I mean, I think the the Malik Tillman loan with the agreed fee sort of situation uh, that could be something that we that that we do. But I don't think a loan just for a, a year's loan, you know, without any any sort of realistic uh, possibility of, of buying the of buying the player. You know, that's the I think. Michael Beale wants to be working with a young player or an emerging player for the next two or three years. What's the point of developing Billy Gilmer for nine nine months and then he goes back down the road to Brighton and then Brighton sell him to Crystal Palace or something like that, you know. So that doesn't really do Rangers any doesn't do any as any uh, good. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see um, with regard to that one. Yeah, absolutely. I think so much of what we've discussed tonight is watch this space. And while we've given a lot of opinions and there's been hundreds of opinions coming in the comments and please do keep them coming in. We're always interested to see even after the podcast finishes how what people think and get their views um, on it. But I think it's one that's going to rumble on and on and on. Like you said, I think way back at the start, Scott, while we think Ross Wilson should be should be on his way out the door. I don't think that's the view of the Rangers board at this moment in time. And I do expect Ross Wilson to to be leading Rangers into another transfer window in the summer and what is a, a, an absolutely huge transfer window for the club in terms of success and, and having a solid platform to build upon moving forward. If you've liked the content tonight, please drop the video a like. That really helps us out in terms of reaching more people if you have enjoyed the content also remember to subscribe to the TII YouTube channel we're almost at the 5000 subscribers mark we're ever so close so please if you've not subscribed already click that button and toggle on those notifications so you get an email every single time we go live Scott thank you very much for joining us no problem it's been uh, good therapy um I've, I've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it absolutely we're three days on but we're getting there <laughs> Ben, thank you very much for joining us as well. Much appreciated. Yes, cheers for having me. Yeah, enjoyed that. And thank you very much to everyone who's listened, been, who has been listening over the past hour and 15 minutes or so. In terms of what we've got coming up on the TII network for the rest of the week, we'll be back post-match um, after the Kilmarnock game at Ibrox on Sunday. I can't wait for another Rangers game to come around, to be honest. I'm gutted there's not a midweek game this week but we'll be back after the game against Kilmarnock at Ibrooks, and we will then be back again with a full week review on Sunday night live at 8pm on YouTube. Until then thank you very much for joining us and goodbye. <laughs>